Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. So for anyone who may not know, March is Women's History Month, and today is International Women's Day. So in celebration of this month and this special day, I wanted to release a bonus episode of Handling It Podcast to highlight an incredible woman at work. Raven Baxter is an internationally acclaimed molecular biologist and science communicator. Also known as Raven the Science Maven, Raven is working to shatter stereotypes in the STEM community and entertain and inform the next generation by combining her love for music and passion for science. Raven is also the founder of the organization Science Haven and Black in Science, and last year she launched her own clothing line, Smarty Pants. Recognized as one of Fortune's 40 under 40, Raven is working to make the field of STEM inclusive of all genders, races, and backgrounds. She's become a global influencer and a powerful voice in science education. And in celebration of International Women's Day, I cannot wait for you to hear from Raven. So you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I am very much ready to learn a lot this episode. Raven Baxter, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. So for those who don't know, you're an internationally acclaimed science communicator and molecular biologist. Where did your interest in science begin? And when did you know that you wanted to pursue a career in the field? Um, yeah, like I um, have loved science from a very young age. And I think just like any other kid, I was just curious about the world around me. And I think that I engaged in scientific inquiry from a very young age, just playing around in the dirt, you know, and just experimenting with things that are around the house and um, that curiosity grew over the years and I started focusing it into different fields in science and ultimately it became my career. Amazing. So, and I guess also for some who may not know, I feel like I, I, I know molecular biology. I've, I've heard much about it, but what exactly is your day-to-day work? Yeah. So um, my, I actually have expertise in two fields. Um, my bachelor's and master's degree are both in biology, but my doctor is in science education. And so I largely now work in the education space and as a public facing scientist, um, communicating science and and building a gap, or not building a gap, sorry, um, bridging the gap between (laughs) science and the public. So, um, you know, where previously I was, when I was working as a, molecular scientist, I was in a contract research organization. And um, that just means that I worked for an organization that took contracts from big pharmaceutical companies and carried out contracted research for larger companies. So we do projects and then report our findings back to 
um, these bigger companies. And so it was very exciting work because each contract was so different, you know, based on what organization was hiring us or what the nature of the project was. Um, every month I was doing different types of experiments and engaging in different kinds of work. So um, it was a very fast paced environment to work in and very high stress, but, um, and I actually don't work well in those, those environments, depending on the nature of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did appreciate that. I, I learned so much in that space, um, especially in the technical field. But I, I think that um, when, I, as I move forward, I realized that my skills are best suited you know, in community service and public outreach. Yeah, I mean, it's also fascinating. And with your skill set and the way you apply it, I think is just very inspiring. And for those who don't know, you've really made science fun, I guess, to say the least. Um, I think for some people, myself included, science is really interesting. I went to a liberal arts college and, of course, even just in high school, grade school, I took several science classes and I really did enjoy it. Um, However, some concepts and theories for me can be very hard to grasp, right? And I feel like that's probably true for a lot of people. But what you do is you make it a little more manageable to learn. And I guess how are you, like you said, bridging that gap and... I guess, bringing science and educating people in a way that's a little bit easier and a little more fun? Um, I've always been a very free spirit. And there have been so many cases in my life um, where I felt like I couldn't be myself and that society was just telling me that I had to kind of hide who, who I felt like I was inside to the world to be accepted in some spaces. And if you live your life like that, you know, it can be very stressful when you, when you walk into environments and you don't feel like you can be yourself. That's really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know a lot of people who have lived their entire lives like that. And they just say, you know, that's just the way it, that's just the way it is. That's the way it's always been. You know, that's what we have to do to get by. And I kind of took it upon myself to just disagree with it and say that everybody should be able to come as they are in the places that they go to, as long as they're being respectful and not hurting anybody. I don't think that there's anything wrong with just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And so everything that I do as a, as an educator and as a science communicator is um, about breaking the mold of what society is telling everybody a scientist should look like and how we should act and how we should walk and talk and really um because I naturally don't um follow these stereotypes um by default I I am providing a new representation for people in science and changing the narrative of of um these stereotypes and and ultimately what they mean right I know I feel like they're With a lot of different industries, too, especially science, there tends to just be one look, I guess, to the industry. And I think in terms of STEM, there is, just from an outsider's perspective, there is a lack of representation for both women, individuals of color. Um, Is that something that you feel like is still an issue or was an issue when you were stepping into your field? 
I think it's a growing, um, it's um, growing lesser of an issue, but we still have a lot of work to do. I think that this past year has been critical, um, a critical time for moving the culture forward and just being more vocal about what, what we need to do to move STEM culture forward Mm -hmm. um, and create environments that are inclusive of gender and ethnicity and all of these different very special and amazing ways that we are all different from one another and like creating environments where those things are all welcomed um, and represented equally Um, so yeah I think that there there is a lot of improvement to do but a lot of positive things are happening as well Um, you know there are people who have the same intentions as I do doing other types of work to make the same kinds of impacts that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's, you know, what you, we were talking about before and you said sort of your, I guess, footprint on the industry, if you will, you want to do something different and you want to mm-hmm. prove that you can be something different in, in any industry because it just gives that it makes space for anybody else who might be looking for a spot or who might be looking to see themselves in another working professional in a field. Absolutely. And I, you know, not only that, well, in addition to that, I want to say that I also want to set an example for decision makers because a lot of the time the issue isn't that people um, don't feel like they can be themselves. It's that they, you know, decide to be themselves in these certain spaces where they're not well represented and um, people, people um, discriminate against them because they're different um, or because they act different or, or, you know, just are not fitting the stereotype. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a shame, but I think it's important for people who are in leadership positions to also have this type of role modeling that I'm providing so that they understand um, what what it means to be inclusive. Right. Well, and, and with your work, what exactly are you working on specifically? You know, we talked about uh, your work with music before and incorporating that, sort of creating your own STEM-themed music. What work are you doing to uh, create spaces for others in the field of science but then also, um, you know, catching people's attention, uh, catching their interest. You know, I, um, I think that a lot of people uh, kind of feel that my, <laughs> mm, that my work is very calculated, I guess, in mm-hmm. that I um, create my work with the intentions of it going viral and X, Y, and Z. But the reality is that I just love music. Mm-hmm. Um, I love music and I, I love science and I combine the two. And when I do that, by nature, it, you know, in the type of music that I make, which is often hip hop and rap music, um, by nature, because it hasn't been widely done, and especially in the way that I do it, um, it is hitting a a demographic that is largely missed often in mainstream science education media. Mm-hmm. Um, and people take notice to that. 
and people gravitate towards that, especially people who have never really felt like they could relate to any type of scientific content. Um, but maybe they can relate to the way that I'm presenting it. And so um, I think that um, I'm very, I feel very blessed to have this talent to be able to make scientific rap music, mm -hmm. but I, um, it just goes to show like when you are your unapologetic self and when you're not afraid to express all of who you are, um, as you are engaging in science, like you can inspire people, you can draw people in to learn more about science. Um, and I don't necessarily do all this intentionally, but it's just the direct result of me coming as I am into the space. Right. And I mean, if I may add, you're really good at music. You're really good at <laughs> rapping. I mean, it's, it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. And I think another thing that it does too, um, just in terms of like we were talking about earlier, creating a space for others and attracting maybe a new audience is that it puts a youthfulness in science. Um, and I don't know if I'm, I'm wrong in saying that, but like, I feel like as individuals growing up in society, when you hear the term scientist, a lot of times you think like old man, right? Because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I feel like that, right. It's the stereotype. It's sort of like what you see in, in films and, and et cetera. Um, and what you see in the media. And I think it, yeah, the work you're doing, it really puts a youthfulness in there and it attracts a younger audience. And I think especially science is so important and trying to get um, anyone involved and interested is great and absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, of course. I think that um, re-energizing the language and the, the mood of science is definitely essential to drawing in younger younger audiences to the field for mm -hmm. sure definitely well and then outside of um music i guess outside of music you are also a founder of science haven and black and science communication for those who might not know what work are you doing through each of those organizations and do you have any new projects in the works yeah absolutely Science Haven is an umbrella organization that encompasses um, STEMBASI, which is my weekly STEM talk series. Also, Black and SciComm, which is an organization that supports Black science communicators. And, and the, those two organizations are community outreach orgs that support um, public outreach in science. I mean, STEMBASI is is really fun. It's um, created by me, but I co-host it with four other women in STEM and we all bring on a guest every mm -hmm. week and we play games with the guests. It's all on a live platform. Um, we talk about current events, hot topics. We learn about the guests and the guest is usually a STEM professional who's doing impactful work and like is tied to social causes. Um, it's a really great time. So that's STEMBASI. And then Black in Science Communication is a it's a support network um, for um, Black people who are science communicators, and we run workshops. So, like, we we teach public ske public speaking skills, um, presentation skills, best practices in communication, um, current trends in science communication, 
And um, we, we truly do believe in making sure that marginalized voices have the, the skills and the resources they need to make sure that their, their voices are heard and presented in a way that um, best suits them and so that they can gain their own platforms as science communicators. Um, and then Science Haven itself, um, I am operating a research project out of Science Haven where we are looking at, we're conducting research on the offerings of science communication mm-hmm. um, courses in the top ranked STEM undergraduate programs across the country. And um, we are learning a lot about the lack of opportunities for America's scientists graduating from these top schools, the lap, the lack of opportunities they have to even learn how to communicate their science. There's a lot of telling information in the data. Um, and, you know, we have to really reevaluate what does it mean for a science program to be top ranked? You know, if you aren't producing students who can communicate their science to the public, right. what is top ranked about that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, it's, definitely. I think it's um, it's worth looking at. So um, doing a lot, but it's all, it is all to advance the culture of science and science communication. Amazing. And yeah, I think communication especially is mm-hmm. so important because a lot of times with, too with science, I'm sure it's difficult to, and I mean, now is of course different with social media and websites and everything is online and there's so many resources virtually and online to access. But um, just, I guess, in terms of me even growing up, uh, having resources like that where individuals can meet and there's communities of people online that you can go to for your profession and to ask questions and get answers, that wasn't really a thing. So I think that's absolutely amazing that that's something that you provide. Thank you. I feel the same, like, especially for, um, especially for Black in science communication, like, it wasn't until 2020 did Black people in science really know how to locate each other. There mm-hmm. um, was no place, there was no place, no, no real organization. I mean, there was, there was one organization, um, is rather called National Society of Black Engineers, NISBE, Mm-hmm. for short, but we all assumed that it was just for engineers because they don't have the word science in the title. Um, so there was no organization for Black scientists to congregate and, you know, talk about our shared experiences, get to know each other, network, because um, that's important. Right. Um, and it wasn't until last year when when these affinity groups started popping up, did we say, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that there were so many black people in science, you know, like who's, who's who? Wow. Let's connect. Let's, let's chat. Let's get to know each other. Let's form these, these friendships and, um, mm-hmm. you know, support each other because there, there's a lot that comes with being a marginalized person in a STEM field. Um, sure. so it's so important to communicate and form these groups and, um, provide opportunities for people to share their experiences and use their voices. It's, it's all very important. Right. And with networking, especially, because that's something that, I mean, so many people go through with graduating college and then it's like, all right, time to get a job. Exactly. But if you're the only person, you know, entering a certain field and, you know, you're the first person to do something like that, maybe in an area that you're from or in your family and you don't know people like within a network, 
it's hard to make those connections and to get a job with without having, you know, someone to uh, pass it along your way or to let you know about an opportunity. So I think the more uh, the more community activities we have and the more community groups we have is just so beneficial for graduates, students, and just people out there in the workforce. I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the pandemic has, I mean, not only impacted, I feel like, the way everyone is working right now, but especially, I mean, especially doctors, nurses, scientists. Has there been any involvement on your end with anything going on in the pandemic? Um, My role has largely been communicating and and maintaining... um, public trust in science and reassuring the the public that, you know, the scientists, the doctors, everyone in healthcare and in medicine is working so hard to make sure that the world gets back to a place where we are all functioning regularly and are are comfortable and healthy first, first and foremost. Right. Um, But, you know, because it has been so rough with the past, um, you know, federal administration and the presidency, it's been very hard um, on scientists to maintain that trust. You know, it very much was thwarted Mm -hmm. last year. And um, it's unfortunate because we've, we've come so far in science um, and we definitely don't want to backtrack on progress, all the progress that we've made. Mm -hmm. Um, So talking about, the pandemic and the science behind viruses, the science behind mutations and viruses and the vaccine has been very important to me. Um, I'm actually hosting a pandemic um, in emerging viruses and pandemic symposium um, in early March of this year. And that is, um, I'm hosting a day long panel and I'm inviting or different scientists are going to be invited onto the panel to talk with me about their expertise and their viewpoints um, pertaining to the pandemic and emerging viruses. And um, I'm really looking forward to, I've never done anything like this. So I'm a little nervous to be honest, but (laughs) I think it's, I think that I'm, I'm really glad that they picked me because I think that the people who follow me really will enjoy um, having me there Definitely. You're going to be great. You're going to be absolutely great. <laughs> Thanks. I hope so. I mean, it's, it, I'm also giving a talk there about viruses and how information can mutate, just like how viruses can mutate and right. the importance of science communication and maintaining public trust and accuracy in scientific um, information reporting. Mm-hmm. Well, is that something that you feel with the pandemic? Because maybe just on my end, as somebody who's consuming the news, I felt like there was just so much information out there. And, you know, there's back and forth claims. And I felt like it was hard to know, like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Is that something that you felt um, was accurate, maybe on your end and something that you were trying to help alleviate any stress or worry or confusion amongst people? Absolutely. Like I, um, you know, my, some of the work that I did was I made a video about how to fact check information and how to determine if what you're reading is true or false. 
Um, and I also, you know, made it, made it pretty publicly clear about my frustration with how some of the information was coming out. I do think that public agencies could have certainly done a better job at explaining why things were changing. You know, it's mm-hmm. expected in science, especially with a virus that we've never seen before. Right. It's never been spread. Um, it's very natural for information to change over time. That's just the nature of science and us figuring things out because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we continue to ask questions, sometimes our answers change a little bit because of new information. Right. But people in the way that the information was being thrown out there, it was done in a way that I don't think was very responsible um, for making sure that people are maintaining their trust in science. It, it very much, for me, I felt like um, I totally understood why some people were like not feeling like they can trust what was happening or what information they were getting just because of the way it was done. Right. I, I sort of agree too. I feel like I understood why people were frustrated, especially like you said in the beginning, because it's it's hard. It's like, well, wait, restaurants are closing. Oh, wait, restaurants can reopen. Like what's going on? I think there was a lot of confusion but at the end of the day, I think maybe a message that people needed to realize, which I think is also what you were hinting at before, is that this is a complete, well, COVID-19 was a completely new virus. And just in terms of the United States, like I forget a lot of times how big of a country we are. And with that said, I feel like there's so many different factors at play. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, like you said, as the virus mutates and progresses throughout time, so does the information. And it can be confusing, but I think at the end of the day, we have to sort of remember that we're all really figuring this out along the way. And we just have to really try and trust the process of, you know, scientists, doctors, um, whoever's really giving us the information. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because it's it's difficult. And I'm hoping now vaccine rollout, um, I'm hoping we're going to get on a little bit better of a track. And um, we'll be, I know it's, it's hard to predict anything with this whole like, what year and a half of a situation we've been in. Um, But I'm hoping it's going to be looking a lot better um, in the coming months and within the next year. So we'll wait and see. I think it will. I really do think that the worst has passed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we also do need to keep an eye out for the virus as it's, as it's mutating. Um, You know, we need to roll out these vaccines. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We need to get these vaccines rolled out. Right. Yes, definitely. And I guess also, with what we were just talking about, with there being some confusion and maybe individuals not sure who to trust or who to listen to. Are there any resources that you recommend that people can check out to get maybe a clearer picture on um, the state of things? Yeah, I always recommend looking at any reporting that's being done on um, best practices for personal hygiene and safety mm-hmm. is going to be coming from um, the CDC, the WHO, um, and NIAID, mm-hmm. all of these. Um, and there are so many official organizations that 
are going to be the primary source that you should be getting your information from. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you're somebody who's like, well, I want to you know look at a person, um, I want to find a scientist or you know somebody that I can trust and kind of follow on social media, um, along with these official government or public organizations, um, there are some people that I would recommend you follow. Um, so the first person that comes to mind, she goes by Science Sam online. Mm-hmm. It's a super playful name, but she actually has a doctorate. Um, and she has been doing very accurate um, COVID-19 reporting throughout the pandemic. And she works really hard to make sure that her information is um, accurate. She does a lot of fact checking on herself before she puts information out, which I really value. Definitely. Um, I would also recommend Dr. Kizzy Corbett. She is a scientist who actually led the team that created the Moderna vaccine. Great. Um, and she's very approachable online. Um, you can find her. Her social media handles are um, Kizzy PhD. And she, ex- she does a really great job at explaining the timeline for the vaccine rollout, um, you know, what to kind of expect moving forward, what her expectations are for the vaccine. And it's, it's um, definitely a good follow if you want an inside look at one of the actual scientists that made the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moderna vaccine, at least. And Which is, um, those yeah. are two people that I would highly recommend to follow. There's so many others. Um, if you just want to search for people, just look for the term science communicator and then type in like COVID-19 or something and you'll find people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely great for anybody who has any anxieties because we're all stressed out. <laughs> we I all want to know what's going on. Um, anybody who wants to learn more information and be maybe more educated on the situation we're in, that's certainly helpful too. And I guess for anybody who has hesitations also about things, um, I think, like you said, uh, the vaccines, um, going directly to the source and really reading more and becoming more confident in something, I think that's really important too. Um, And yeah, I, I always say like go go directly to a source or find somebody um, within a field that you really uh, feel confident in getting your information from. And mm-hmm. that's the best way to go about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, are there any, um, I guess, pandemic aside, uh, are there any other projects that you are working on, Raven? Um, so I started a fashion line recently amazing oh I love that yeah so I can tell you about that um the fashion line um I started a fashion line called smarty pants I love it (laughs) um, it's yeah I know it's it's funny um but the the goal of smarty pants is to redefine the image of brilliance with fashion that makes your brains and beauty shine so um, I've, I've created clothing. I created a couple of t-shirt lines um, that are funny, that are statement pieces that speak to empowering messages of, um, you know, the power in your voice in STEM, um, celebrating, celebrating the nuances and the fun little intricacies of being a person in STEM. Um, I recently released a suit, a power suit, 
on yes. the website <laughs> and it's a black suit with um question marks that have rhinestones on them oh, love um, it and it's you know i love that suit because you never run out of questions to ask in science um, and there's just a lot of things in the store that i feel represent me as a person and um I just want to give people ways to express themselves um, and show the world that they can love science and be cute too. So that's Definitely. Smarty Pants and you can follow Smarty Pants at Smarty Pants Gear on any social media platform. Amazing. I can't wait. That sounds incredible. And I think again, like make science fun. You're doing just that. And I think, oh, it's so great. I love it. <laughs> appreciate it I'm excited too it's there's I've always loved fashion um Mm -hmm. I don't know you could probably tell by some of the things that I've done I'm very self-expressive and one of the ways I I am self-expressive is through my clothing I just I love um I just love fashion so I'm happy to combine my love for science and fashion and, and give that to people to consume as well yeah Well, and that's the thing too, like I love dressing casual and comfortable as much as the next person. But then I also, there's some days where I really want to just like feel like a boss and feel like I know, you know, a lot of knowledge about certain things and I'll wear a blazer. I literally actually just buy (laughs) two blazers recently and I'm like, where am I wearing these two? I don't know, but now I have them. (laughs) Right. So I love that. Oh my gosh, love a pantsuit. Um, I can't wait to see these items. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> well, Raven, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, I love to conclude by asking, with this being handling it, uh, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned throughout your career that's really helped you handle your life? Um, I would say, like, never sacrifice your voice for anything. Your mm-hmm. voice is all that you have. And um, listen listen to yourself, listen to your intuition, understand who you are and what ultimately makes you happy. Um, and don't sacrifice your voice at all. Um, if you feel like there's something that you need to say that will help improve improve your life or other people's lives, use your voice. If there's something wrong happening don't be afraid to advocate for yourself if somebody tells you that your voice doesn't matter or that you have to tone it down or you know you can't say this or you can't say that and it's it's um preventing you from you know having a meaningful and fulfilling life mm-hmm. you definitely need to remind yourself about the power of your voice and kind of act accordingly um it's been one of the most important lessons that i've learned and I try to make sure that other people know that everyone's equal at the end of the day. So no one has the power to take your voice away from you, except for you. So yeah. um, don't stand in your own way. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's my advice. Amen to that. I feel like with a lot of things, at times we feel like our voices can be muted. And that's not a good thing. Right. right. Like exactly what you just said. Like be vocal, be loud if you need to, if you want to. Um, and be individualistic. And I think, you know, way back at the beginning of this conversation, when I asked you why you started this career with infusing sort of music into science and, uh, why you started your platforms, 
it was just that you said I wanted to do something different that I felt like the field was missing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's so important and I guess goes beyond just the field of science and STEM. Um, It really can be applied in just any industry. Thank you. I am so, um, I don't know, I'm blushing, I think, over here. I can't really tell because I'm brown, but I think I'm blushing. Oh, well, no problem. I love to compliment. Um, But yes, you're doing absolutely amazing work. And where can people find you? You can find me um, if you type in Raven the Science Maven on any platform. I'm there. On Twitter, I am at Raven Maven. And my website is SciMaven.com. Amazing. And yes, I felt like I should have brought this up at the beginning of the conversation, but I love that your name is Raven Baxter. And I don't know if you get this a lot, (laughs) but I mean, growing up on the Disney Channel over on my end, um, having the name Raven Baxter, I think that's just absolutely incredible. (laughs) Thanks. I definitely get this a lot. (laughs) I always joke around and I say like, I Google Raven Baxter just every now and then as a metric of how popular I am because if I am further up on the list than Raven Simone, I've officially made it. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. If, I don't know what comes up if you Google me now. It might just still be Raven Simone. I think you know. I think you come up. You come up. No way. Yes, definitely. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I've really done something here. <laughs> well, moral of the story: everybody start googling Raven the Science Maven, and we'll make it pop up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's tell Google. Tell Google what we want. That's the Raven is. But yeah, Raven, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Raven. She is doing so many incredible things in the STEM community, and I just find her passion to make science a more inclusive field completely inspiring. For more information on Raven and the work she's doing, be sure to check out the links in the episode description. So happy International Women's Day. Thank you to Raven so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.